you see me like just staring longfully it's because i made tea and i'm just staring at it very intently as it is hot okay just do me a favor and don't like pick it up forgetting that it's hot and then have to like throw it everywhere because that would just end badly but it smells so good (laughs) hey guys Coming up on March 29th, we will be reviewing The Theft of Sunlight by Indusara Kahani. This is the second in the Dauntless Path trilogy. The first book is Thorn, which we reviewed a couple of episodes ago. So tune in to hear all of our thoughts on book two. If you love the show and want to support us, you can check out patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast for a huge list of perks. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Today, we are talking about A Close and Common Orbit by Becky Chambers, which is the second book in the Wayfarers series. Fun fact about these books, they're actually all standalone, so... If you haven't read the first one, you honestly can read this one and not actually miss too much um, out of the series. There are some references back to the other series, but overall, um, one of the appeals of the series is that they are all technically standalones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the big tie in between the books of this series is the characters. So, like, if you read this one without reading the first one, you don't miss too much other than like, the origins of a couple characters and like how you originally meet them Mm -hmm. but like that's not even that big of a deal yep yeah like it just kind of glances over and you're like great let's keep going and moving on Mm -hmm. um some fun facts about this book if you guys don't remember her first book was a long way to a what angry angry planet angry planet i was like there's a word before angry which adjective is it um (laughs) And that one actually was a Kickstarter, which we've already reviewed. And what is cool is that like that book, what got so popular that it was picked up by Tor and now Tor publishes her, all of her books and her books are being promoted as hope punk. So not cyberpunk, not steampunk, but hope punk. Basically it is a vague attitude of rebellion attached to any given aesthetic is how it's being promoted. And it's more about everyday life in a futuristic setting in dealing with the things we all deal with every day in space. Mm-hmm. So obviously we've been reading a lot of cozy fiction. This is like cozy science fiction. It is such a, for me, I really like re-listening to her books. I like the um, narrator a lot. They're kind of like re-listening to, um, like a house in Australian sea by TJ Klune, like just like kind of fun, quirky and weird. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. These are definitely easy lessons. Um, mm-hmm. You can get really wrapped up. If you want to be, if you want a story where you can focus on the characters, these are the books for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's not about the plot at all. The plot is just there <laughs> to shelter the characters and hold them in your little hands. It is all a journey about the character. This book, these books are driven by characters. Mm-hmm. Um, did you listen to this or read this book? I listened to it. 
Me too. Mm-hmm. It's a good audiobook. So uh, is the first one. Honestly, like I got the first one and then like the next three went on sale and I was like, bye, 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 bye. Bot, 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 bot. Yeah, I remember that. I was talking to you as you were buying them. <laughs> yeah, things happened and money was spent. It's okay. They were worth it. They are worth it. Um, so tell us a summary of this book. What is this book about, Abby? Lovelace was once merely a ship's artificial intelligence. When she wakes up in a new body following a total system shutdown and reboot, she has no memory of what came before. As Lovelace learns to negotiate the universe and discover who she is, she makes friends with Pepper, an excitable engineer who's determined to help her learn and grow. Together, Pepper and Lovey will discover that no matter how vast space is, two people can fill it together. Mm-hmm. That's a good summary. I like that. So we have a few characters that we talk to, talk to, talk about. We have Lovelace, known as Lovely, Lovey, sorry, Lovey, my bad, not Lovely, there's no L. Or, um, as in later, Sidra, um, basically... She is an AI installed in a body kit and a body kit technically are illegal um, because people don't see AI as sentient beings like they're not part of the GC and don't want to be caught as an AI in a body kit. It's not good for you Um, and they have no rights. There's Pepper, who is a tech expert um, from an enhanced colony. There is Blue, who is an artist and Pepper's partner. There's Al, who is an AI that raised Pepper. And there's also Tack, an alien tattoo artist who befriends Sidra. And Tack is a... Oh, which alien is Hold it? On, I got this. Okay. I got this because I was looking it up for the notes earlier. Um, there's actually, fun fact, a fandom website specifically for this series, which is where I'm getting all my notes from. <laughs> Thank you for fandom websites. Let me tell you. Oh, fandoms are the best. They're they're just wonderful. I love the fandoms. All right, let's see. He's in A E L U O N. Aeolon? Yeah, Aeolon. Aeolon. Aeolon is how they say it in the Aeolon. That's it. Yeah. Um, Interesting fact about Aeolons is that they are. Described as a species of having four genders. So you have male and female. Then, ooh, there's the ones that are neither. I can't remember how they described them. And then there's the um, individuals who switch between genders. And their body just goes, it's time to be a different gender. And suddenly they are. Okay, here it is. See, one produces eggs, one can fertilize them, one involuntarily switches between the two, and one that is infertile. Yes. So, and tack is one that um, switches between the two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what is really interesting about Aeolons is that they don't speak. Uh, they're, they, they communicate in colors. So, like, their faces 
um, like they shimmery have shimmery scales and they change color. So like red is fear, anxiety, green amusement, pale purple, pale purple. Wow. Pale purple <laughs> is frustration or annoyance. Dark purple anger blue friendliness that's kind of scary that blue is friendly but dark purple is anger like i'm blue <laughs> kindness happiness wait are you purple or blue we can't tell what if you're colorblind um brown is curiosity yellow is pensive or worry and orange orange is um aspiration or sadness yeah i was definitely wondering like what happens when they encounter colorblind people like that's well, gotta be awesome to don't get out <laughs> They now have these genetic boxes, um, sound processing implants to talk boxes that are often highly decorative. So like we've gotten past the point so they can mingle with the rest of society who doesn't speak in colors. Mm-hmm. We're all good. I actually, I love that modification mm-hmm. because it's just like, it adds another layer to the world. Uh, so much fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. So those are our main characters. And Abby has some thoughts for you before we take a break. Oh, we already touched on this. Okay. Abby is no longer going to tell us those thoughts. <laughs> so we are going to take a break instead. All right. We'll talk to you in a minute, guys. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guest and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show welcome back and remember if you have not read a closed in common orbit we highly suggest you pause right here and read it because we are about to spoil everything and you don't want books spoiled for you you know you don't go go read it all right so uh, before we get too far how long did it take you to figure out that jane 23 was pepper by the way guys that was a huge spoiler <laughs> Speaking of spoilers, Speaking of spoilers, um, bam! Starting you right off with the big spoiler. Uh, I think it took me. It took me like two to four chapters, like in Jane Twenty Three's perspective, before I started going. Is this Pepper? Is this Pepper? This might be Pepper. And like the further along we got, the more I was like, this has to be Pepper. This is Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, once we got into the ship and she played Big Bug, that's when I knew it was Pepper. Mm, yep. Because um, the, when Sidra goes into um, Pepper and Blue's um, apartment and she sees all the figurines and I'm like, oh, I remember those figurines. I remember those Big Bug figurines. <laughs> and then... Um, and basically, like, that's how, like, she grew to know how to read and, like, the basics and everything was through that program. So I was like, aha, aha, anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, because there's, like, there's subtle hits all, hints all throughout um, the chapters with Jane 23. Mm-hmm. So, like, tie back to Pepper. 
but if you're not paying attention, you will not catch them. <laughs> it, was, it was so sneaky like that. Mm, I told you my aha moment was, ah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember my exact aha moment. I just remember it was like a slow buildup for me until I was like, this has to be pepper. There's no way this isn't pepper. You're like something here, something here looks like it. Um, and then when it was finally confirmed that that was pepper, I was like, yes, I knew it. Right. So um, let's talk about favorite characters since you're talking about Pepper. Speaking of Pepper, she's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> um, I just really enjoyed watching her journey from Jean 23 into Pepper. Like it just like her whole journey fascinated me. And honestly, I found it more interesting than Sidra's side of the story. Not that I disliked Sidra's side of the story, but like following Jane 23 is what kept me going because the first chapter with Jane 23 I was like why are we randomly on a different planet with a completely different character that we haven't met what does this have to do with lovey you know (laughs) but 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 don't you know like this is like classic Becky Chamber I feel I know and like I trusted her I'm like I trust this is going somewhere I trust that there is a reason we are on a completely different planet with a completely different character right now. And just following her and like watching her um, grow and learn and like go from this child who like trusted the mothers 100% into like a preteen who was learning from Owl and then into, you know, a teen who was being rebellious towards Owl because Owl was the only parent figure she has. I, just, I, I loved that. I was just kind of like, oh my goodness gracious. Like, I felt bad I was for like, Owl. Ooh, wow. Me too. I Because Owl's like, I just want to love you. I just want to make you happy. My directive <laughs> is to take care of you and make you cozy. Why are you being a little snot? Owl is every parent ever. They're like, I just want to take care of you and make you happy. Why aren't you letting me? Right. <laughs> it's just like what's your issue? It was such a classic teenager, is how Jane twenty three was, and I totally got that. I'm like, I feel bad for Owl. There's no way around this. I just feel bad for Owl. <laughs> yeah. And so, just like watching that whole progression and watching their story culminate, just like. The whole thing was beautiful. I loved Pepper. It made me just love Pepper that much more because she's just a passing figure in the first book. And in this one, she plays one of the two central roles. And I was like, oh, she's good. She's a good character. (laughs) I also really loved Owl. I'm realizing I just have a very soft spot for AIs and robots. Like, I knew you were going to say that. You know how I knew? How? Because we did it. Do do we do a whole episode about like just how much we like AIs? Yeah, that's kind of what it devolved into. I know. <laughs> I think it's like a favorite side characters or something. Yeah, I was like, we love AIs because you have mentioned the AI. Um, oh, my brain is not working. From Cinder, God, what's her name? Oh, um, Iko. Iko. So we got mm-hmm. Iko. Um, what other AIs have we fell- fallen in love with? currently just getting um i go in my brain the other rest of the brain's going do do 
do do do do do do like that. Hmm. You know, I'm not sure. Just trying to look up the Google Doc and it did not come up. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I have a massive soft spot for AIs and robots. I just if there's one in the book, I will probably gravitate toward them as long as they're not, you know, terrible character. <laughs> um, and I I just spent the whole time wanting to give Owl a hug because right. Owl is this poor parent figure who has no concept of human emotions really because, you know, AI. But she's trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. Like, I, I love you, Owl. It's not your fault. I was like, please? <laughs> oh. I just, I loved Owl and I loved Pepper. Like I said, I loved that whole storyline. Not at all. Just, mm, that was wonderful. What about you? Well, yes. I love Al. I have so much love for Al. Al was my number one favorite character. I'm like, oh, you poor girl. You have to take care of a teenager. <laughs> like, um, God, how much time? So six years, right? No, nine, ten. Was she ten? Eight years? Is that how long they spent on the planet rebuilding the ship so they could get it to fly? Uh, I think Should it might have been nine. Yeah. Either six or nine. One of those sounds correct. I mean, either one, but yeah, definitely. It's a long time. Like, I mean, I can definitely understand how Pepper grew to love Al so much. And she had no preconceived notions that AIs couldn't be loving sentient creatures. And she's always, Pepper's always so polite to all AIs. And I just love it so much. And I love the end of the book, how Al and Sidra have a cafe and Al is like, the overarching AI taking care of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then going into Sidra, I love the end. Okay. I, okay. Like, I just love Sidra at the end of the book, especially. Okay. I just like Sidra's journey, like going from, I can't imagine being created for a purpose. Like, cause there is a, you know, she's a computer driven being and you have a purpose file and her purpose is to, take care of a ship and she has to change her entire point of view of existing from having multiple cameras, having a ship to take care of, you know, being able to do multi-processing to having a single body with like, she was freaking out like completely, you know, it's like almost like a someone who lost a limb and you're trying to learn how to live life again without having your arm, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like her journey, her growth, I thought was a very interesting part of the book. Um, absolutely loved and like her experiences, you know? And I, I think the pivotal moment for me was when she got hooked up in the shuttle and she's like, wow, I don't want this anymore. You know, when she had that moment of like, I'm okay now with who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all have gotten like that journey of you're like, wow, I'm actually okay with who I am as a person. Yeah. I really appreciated the whole, you can almost think of her um, panic attacks as being caused by like a claustrophobia feeling mm -hmm. because she used to be this huge all encompassing eyes everywhere AI 
and now she's stuck to just one little body. Mm-hmm. Like that would cause me some claustrophobia feelings right there. Right. So I can I can totally understand why she would panic about that. So yeah. Yeah, like I said, I it's not that I disliked her story. I just loved Jane 23 and Owl so much mm-hmm. that I kind of got distracted from Sidra. <laughs> Which is good. But I enjoyed Sidra's side of the story too. All good. All right. Least favorite characters. Hands down the mothers, aka the enhancement colony where Jane 23 slash Pepper grew up as a genetic slave to literally be bred to you know, do these manual tasks of recycling, like living in this recycle center. And, you know, and then after 12, where do they go? We don't know where they go after they're 12, which makes me think like, what do they kill all those kids? You know, after they turn 12, it makes me wonder if they um, used them for less savory purposes after that. Uh, I didn't think about that either. Cause they are infertile. So you could use them for less savory in purposes. Yeah. But then that was yeah like i thought they killed them at first and then i got thinking about it i'm like oh why would you kill all of um these resources that you have because that's how they're viewed when you can you know continue making money off of them yeah yeah Either way, it's not good. Anyway, yeah. So I was kind of like, mm, I, don't, I don't, I don't like the enhanced. I understand why the enhancement colonies have been um, kicked out of the GC, and no one likes to trade with them or talk to them. Yeah. Well, I'm like, not just the mothers. I don't even blame the mothers because they're robots. No, the robots. I blame the people controlling the robots. Mm-hmm. Like, who set this up? You're the person I hate. Right. Like, if this was um, your typical YA novel. And Jane 23 had been the main character. She would have started a revolution, taken down the mothers. And then in book two, she would have found out who was controlling the mothers and gone after them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's that kind of setup. But I appreciated that that is not what she did. Right. This was very much a, I want to survive and get off this planet. And peace. Girl, me too. <laughs> Yeah, so this had been a white novel. Her and Blue would have been... And we probably would have a love triangle as well. Ugh, they didn't need a love triangle. No one needs love triangles. <laughs> I forgot about Blue. Like, Blue was... I wish I had more time with Blue, but he mm-hmm. was kind of more of a minor character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Blue and... um, Wow. Blanked on her name. I want to call her Jane 23. Pepper. Um, Blue and Pepper are married, right? More or less. More or less. Whatever. Romantic partners, marriage, domestic partnership. We'll go with that. Okay. I really, I appreciated their partnership. Like, they worked so well together. And I know part of that is probably the trauma bond from the planet they escaped from. (laughs) We are bonded together by trauma. Love. But I appreciate that it wasn't it's not just a trauma bond like it started as a trauma bond i'm sure but then like also they have grown together as a couple over the years and they're just they're a wholesome couple i appreciate them they are all right so we move on to favorite scenes yes so many things i have so many things for favorite scenes I think the best part of the whole book was all the characters getting together 
to free owl that was a very good part of the book but see i have to say that's like the second best part of the book the best best part of the book is after owl is reunited with pepper and owl tells pepper how proud she is okay yeah yeah you're right like you're right yes like the most exciting part of the book was breaking to the museum and getting al out of the system like pepper and tag after or not pepper and tag um sidra and tag well by the way uh i'm (laughs) poor pepper probably was like i hate you what are you people doing and it's like okay i love you again but yes or even at the end of the book where Al asked permission to use Sidra's body so Al can give Pepper a hug. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. You win. You're right. Yeah, I know. I know I win. <laughs> um, what, what else are your favorite things besides all those touchy-feely moments? Okay, besides all the touchy-feely stuff, getting Owl back, Owl giving her a hug. Um, I actually really liked when Sidra gets a tattoo or like tries to get a tattoo mostly because i loved the descriptions of the tattoos yeah they're like these moving 3d images on your skin mm-hmm. like, shoot if we had tattoos like that i would be very very tempted to go out and get a tattoo and i'm not a tattoo person yeah you know like yep and it would literally I... be just so i could stare at the shiny would be somewhere i could see it would you get anything done but 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 would you get anything done then eventually Uh uh-huh i don't i it's like the magpie brain like i want the shiny somewhere on me that i can see so that i can just constantly keep glancing at it like oh pretty so what what kind of magpie are you so like if i left a whole bunch of books out like would you go ooh? Well, yeah, I'm a book magpie, you know that, but also shiny magpie. (laughs) I know. Shiny books, even better. (laughs) Right. Um, And I love when Pepper and Owl, and yes, Blue, finally escaped the planet together. I found it hilarious that Blue was like this last minute um, addition to their flight only because he happened to be stuck in the control room that pepper broke into right like and he was just like oh you're gonna do this can i come (laughs) i guess please take me with you and so he just happened the only reason he was included was because he happened to be where she broke into and like i love that i love that she was not seeking out somebody else to like help her leave the planet he just happened to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, them finally escaping the planet was just wonderful. Yes, thank. I was so happy. I was like, yes! Escape! Escape! Get out! Get out! Mm. What about you? Yes. So, when then, Jane23 is talking to the alien on the first ship her and Blue were part of, his name is like, I don't know has like O's and a U and an O-H and I can't remember how to pronounce his name and he introduces her to spices and the description of that scene of her like just like (laughs) dipping her finger in all these spices and trying everything one I was like oh I hope you're washing your finger after every dip but two (laughs) like I just like the way it was described and I understand now like her where her namesake came from for Pepper Mm -hmm. because she just really liked Pepper and it's like I'm gonna change my name to Pepper that's definitely the mom and you going, oh, I hope you're washing your hands in between each spice. 
<laughs> you think? You think? Um, I also really liked how... So after the tattoo incident, Sidra went into like full blown like bodies, like panic, panic, panic and shut down. And she's like, please go contact Pepper and um, Blue. And Tack had to like process all their feelings. But came back to the shop where Sidra worked and apologized. Like it was a very real scene. Like, hey, I'm sorry I freaked out and I know how to handle this. Mm Let's be let's be friends again, you know, and then they go on happy real life adventures like let's go to the club and hang out together. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. poor Sidra has panic attacks and stuff. I appreciated that about Tack. Like it's a very it was a very real response. And like again, if this had been a classic YA novel and her secret had been discovered, like Tack would have immediately gone to the authorities or something equally outrageous. But instead, you know, handled it like an adult because this is an adult book. Right. Processed feelings and went, okay, this isn't her fault. The way I reacted is on me. So let's go back and have a rational discussion about this. And they did and everything got better. I know. And I love that. Like, this is part of why I'm having trouble reading YAs a lot, because unless it's a really well-written YA just the lack of emotional intelligence while necessary for YA characters still makes me cringe. Let us talk about a classic example. Her name is Sorelda and she is in the book Gilded and Cursed. Oh, <laughs> oh Sorelda. <laughs> classic YA example. Thank God she got she had some he wised up a little bit. Oh my lord. I swear to you, that was the most frustrating duology I've read in a long time. But it got good at the end. Like, it was a good story. But I loved all the creatures in those books. Cyrilda made me want to throw those books. Cyrilda uh, in the ass. Anyway, so <laughs> I also really loved how Sidra just grew how to love herself. I kind of explained that earlier. And I just feel it was just we've all been on that journey you know i kind of felt like sidra yeah she wasn't a child because like you know she became sentient like with an adult personality but maybe she was like that like 18 year old like i don't know who i am you know like going through external what is it called like extradential life crisis and everything you know and then when you're young adult we all go on that crazy journey together yeah. And I was and it just, I was just like, oh, that's a lot of feelings packed into this book. And then one of my favorite parts of the book is when Sidra meets her first pet. It's like a a cat robot or something. Something like that. And then she gets a whole slew of pets at the end of the book at her cafe. A dragon <laughs> and there's a turtle and an owl and part of the charm of her cafe called home so you're coming home to all your pets actually it's all connected to her network and she can spy on you but this makes her happy instead i'm not gonna lie that's adorable and even if i would have gone to that cafe even knowing that all of the robotic animals were watching me because i still would have been like i want to pet the dragon 
<laughs> I guess I would have been there for, the, you know, exactly where I would have gone. First thing, dragon, 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 dragon. Watch Mo and I rolling up to the home cafe going, where's the dragon? We need a dragon. We went to pet the dragon. The dragon was sit at our table. <laughs> so she has six pet bots. She has a cat with a purple shell, which was the first one. Um, a rabbit, a dragon, a turtle, a giant spider. Mm, mm, the spider can go somewhere else and a monkey. Yeah, the spider can stay far away. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> We're like hard pass on that one. Oh, can you guess the kinds of animals my children will never be allowed to have? I will never, ever give your children spiders, okay? Okay. I won't give your children spiders either. Thank goodness. Oh. All right. Uh, least favorite scenes? Um, least favorite scenes for me was... Gosh, what well, one? Um, Jane 23, breaking her leg and being stuck in a freaking hole. Like, I was like, she cannot die. She has to become Pepper. What is going on here? Why does this feel like the end of the book right now? And then, like, the mama dog and the cubs were lingering outside, and I was like, do not eat Jane 23. <laughs> and see, by that time, I knew she was going to be Pepper, and so I was like, I wasn't worried about her survival. I was just very intensely going, how is she going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. um, what? how, how are I you going to get out of this? Because <laughs> you have to get out of it. You're going to, but how? <laughs> Um, and then, of course, Pepper losing Al once they got to the GC. I was so... <gasps> the level of anger was great. I was so mad. I was so mad. Mm. I hated that scene so much. Like, we're going to take your ship away. They're like, are you kidding me? That is her parent. Excuse you. Right. Oh, I hated that so much. I twitched on the inside yeah. a lot. I was very upset. Like, no, bring Owl back. Oh, yeah. You can tell that was the scene that I really hated. <laughs> yep. So, final thoughts? Um, For me, this was a 4.75 stars because I was struggling with this being a standalone novel in the same universe and yet like vaguely mentioning the characters from the other book. And I'm like, I just want I want to know what happened to the other characters in the other book. And I understand (laughs) that's not how this series is. And so I'm just like had to let it go. But it did make me struggle. But overall, I love this book. I think I still like the other book more than this book. Uh, I'm listening to the third book right now, and I I enjoy that book a lot. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. This year, I feel like Oprah handing out five stars to books. Maybe you're just feeling really joyful that you're no longer pregnant, so everyone can have five (laughs) stars, okay? You get a star, and you get a star. Everybody's (laughs) going to get a star. I mean, that's probably part of it, but also, um, just like this year, I'm just reading books that if you, if the book doesn't grab me, I'm just immediately putting it down and starting something else. And so I feel like all the books that I'm actually finishing, I'm really enjoying. (laughs) So, I mean, I read this one last year too, but I, I gave it five stars because I knew this series was all standalone, so I wasn't expecting to even get the Lovelace tie-in, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. 
it still makes me sad that Sidra isn't Lovelace anymore. Um, because genuinely, I was rooting for her and Jenks in the first book. Mm-hmm. And I'm still sad that that did not happen. And I'm really hoping that it happens in a future book because that would just make my day. <laughs> well, from what I understood is that she's technically done with the series. Mm. Mm. Te- I mean, I was saying technically, not 100% sure because there are rumors of a fifth book. But, but she says she's working on a new novel. So what you're telling me is I'm going to have to write the fan fiction. You might. Okay. Well, also, I, it wasn't until I was done reading this book that I understood the title, A Closed and Common Orbit. Like, I had to stop and think about it because a lot of titles are just like, don't have too much to do with the book, but this one actually really ties in because The Closed and Common Orbit is <laughs> Sidra and Pepper. Nope. Like, their stories are parallel in a lot of ways and that's why you're bouncing back and forth between the two the whole book and it's just just like oh the the title actually makes sense like i get it i get it i felt smart (laughs) good i didn't think that deeply about it that's okay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah great book i will definitely read the other two and then i'll write some lovelace and jinx fan fiction you know Yep. So it says the galaxy and the ground within will be the last book in the series. It is the right place to stop and bittersweet though it is. I've got other universes to explore, she says. And I'd rather she do that. Like when an author feels like they don't have any more good stories to add to a universe, I'd prefer they stop rather than continuing to try and pump books out for a cash grab. Like if it feels like it's done, let it be done. I would much rather you stop in a good place than drag it on. Yep. <sighs> I guess it's okay. It's fine. I can live with it for now. For now. <laughs> uh, uh, you know. It'll be fine. I know. At least she's writing more stuff. These things are true. I'm creeping now on her blog. <laughs> no update since August of last year. It's okay. That means she's busy writing, right? I mean, she can do other stuff too. She doesn't have to write all the time, but I like that she does. Agreed. She says, Can I draw fan art, write fanfic based? I feel like she says, Absolutely go crazy. As long as you don't make money off of it, have fun. Nice. Mm hmm. All right, that does it for our review of A Closed and Common Orbit by Becky Chambers. We hope you all had fun and will join us in a couple weeks. All right, guys, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore 
B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.